going? It's not bad. Not How are you? Bad. I'm doing really well. I'm super excited because this is the first podcast of the new year. The new school year. New school year, yes. Which is crazy. Yes. So, if you're just joining in with us, welcome to It's Not an Allegory. I am Erin, and this is Pam, my lovely co-host. And she's making the fa- It's funny, usually she does this intro, and I make the same face that she just made that I, if I had to describe it, was a look of disgusted pleasure. And it's... It's very hard. I, I won't attempt. Thanks, to... but also I don't know how to respond to comp- compliments. Well, neither do I. So, thus, the yep. the tradition continues. Tradition continues. Yeah, welcome back to It's Not an Allegory, um, our chaos podcast um, that, for some reason, people decided to keep listening to, so now it's not really a joke anymore. Yeah, we started realizing that y'all were actually listening, and there are people on here who we don't even really know or know at all, so we're like, wow, we, we actually have to, like be serious sort of and take be responsible humans yeah <laughs> with a highly influential crowd of people mm. who are all 80 of you all 80 all yeah 80. which that's a lot of people i i no, was th- i expected, expected four yes um i expected three. Oh, i had higher expectations apparently <laughs> i i was like nope it's gonna flop yeah but here, here we, we are. are so without further ado aaron to start off the year right with a plug from our spo- for our sponsor, Meadowlark Coffee Roasters, who has graciously... A.K.A. Travis Johnston. A.K.A. Travis Johnston, our prof. Blessed man. Who has agreed to keep sponsoring us. What Blessed are- man. <laughs> what are we drinking today? We are drinking Uganda Organic Boogie Zoo. <laughs> I love it so much. That is my new favorite name. I'm naming my child that. B- B-U-G-I-S-U. I don't know how else to pronounce that, but... Part of me wonders if he just comes up with the names himself and he puts them on the thing. Yes. Just to hear people say them wrong when they order them. I did not get receive any details on the roast itself, so we'll just tell you what we taste. Uh, but it's if you're, good. If you're looking to get some coffee from Travis, you get half a pound for it's around eight to ten dollars, yeah. roughly. A uh, full pound is sixteen ish. That's mm-hmm. about the base price for it. Um, it seems expensive for people who just buy Tim Hortons, but honestly, you're getting the best cup of coffee. Oh yeah, that I've had. Like it's and every single deal, roast. Most like, for reference, my dad sells roasted coffee, and it's about twenty five bucks a pound. Yeah, so, so you're getting a smoking good deal on this coffee. Mm. Um, you can text him at three zero six three one five seven 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 seven. I don't know if that's too many sevens. I don't know. That is three zero six. Three one five seven 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 seven. There we go. <laughs> That's oh, like this coffee the most is real so good. Thing. I'm like, it's been in my room all like for a few days since he roasted it on the thirteenth, and it the smell of it has been driving me mad. I, I'm impressed. Mad. Like, it's a good morning coffee. <gasps> it's not like it's it's it, so smooth. It's not a punch in the face. It's just nice. This is one. I might end up buying because yeah. I'm, I make pour over coffee when I'm here. Like, mm-hmm. and, and whatever the, method of coffee you have, your, your roast might need to change. Mm-hmm. You know, this roast might not work great with French press. I don't know yet, but you could we'll try. Have to it. Try. You know, honestly, it would be delicious. Probably. I mean, probably. <laughs> this is so good. I'll drink pretty much anything. But this is this is pleasant. Mm. I'm enjoying it. It's not super bitter. No. So there's not doesn't I don't think there's any cocoa notes to it. But there's something fruity or acidic mm-hmm. in the aftertaste. 
mm-hmm. some sort of sit- I'm guessing. I'm guessing. We d- we got no information on this. This is just our our palate speaking. Yeah. I'm like much speaking. I'm we haven't spoken in a while. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I um I'm not as my palate is not as finely tuned as some coffee drinkers. I'm just sitting there thinking this would be a nice thing to drink while eating a cannoli or a biscotti or just a muffin first thing in the mm, morning. This is yeah, it's a like, very good breakfast coffee. It's a good breakfast coffee. You know what? I'm curious like with something like um like the Turkish pot mm-hmm. or with like uh, the mocha Italian espresso, if that would be like the good evening coffee. Mm-hmm. This could also be really I good for like that. I feel like it's know? a very, it's pretty vers- versatile. I feel we'll like probably could, have to yeah. try that. We sound so ridiculous right we now. We do. I just realized we sound like pretentious idiots, but we do kind of know what we're talking about. And you know what? To sum it up, this is a good cup of coffee. I yeah. highly recommend. It's very nice black. It is not super bitter or harsh and it doesn't, leave a weird mm. taste in your mouth like no. some roasts do. Yeah, it's, This one's it's really clean. nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, speaking of biscotti and cannolis, here's, here's where we're going here. Uh, if you could go to any country just for their coffee, like oh, what man. that country's coffee is known for, where are you going and why? Oh, I'm going to Italy. Um, no shame. I love... Espresso, I love, I did, I wrote a paper when I was in high school uh, that touched on Italian coffee culture. I'm not kidding. That was my globalization paper. And I loved it so much. Um, And just after researching it, I'm, I just want to go to Italy and experience the coffee culture. Like they don't do Starbucks there. No. They, They don't. Starbucks it's, would get rioted yeah, at and, and burned to the ground if they tried to open Starbucks in Italy. And so I'm <laughs> like, I just want to, and I want to go to Italy anyways. I yeah. have family ties there. I have... Seriously? Yeah. Um, I have, like, a desire to go see the history there. There's cannoli. Enough said? So, like you said, nice nice desserts. Cannoli. Oh, yeah. Cannoli. <laughs> yeah, you weren't at all pointed about mentioning that this would be a good coffee with a cannoli or anything. Uh, I mean, I do love cannoli. Ah, like, I do like and I've I, made cannoli my, before. There's a restaurant back home that sells like fresh homemade cannoli oh. and um and like varieties of cuttings. They probably have forty different kinds of cannoli. And I they were posting about it today and I realized I wanted cannoli. So yeah, but probably Italy. I I think that's like I know that's not where coffee originated. No. But when I think of a classic cup of coffee coffee, I think of a mocha pot in Italy. Yeah, the Italians really I mean that wasn't until nineteen thirty three. Mm-hmm. Not that I've done a ton of research on uh, last origin. night because we had an argument. I was like, I was so sure that that classic Italian pot thing was from Turkey. I couldn't remember, which that's the country I would be going to. By the way, is is Turkey because I do love the Arabic style mm-hmm. of coffee. You know, it's either Turkey or Ethiopia. Ooh. One of the two. Like Ethiopians are the ones who claim to have mm-hmm. invented the yeah invented the art of extracting from the bean. And they know how not to offend said beans. Don't offend the beans. Don't but offend the Turkey beans. Turkey is also a great place. Also, Turkey is also very rich in culture. I'm an archaeology nerd, and so places like Turkey, where it's like ancient, ancient history. So, so is Italy, I guess. Like, but you're more into the Roman side of things, and I'm like, let's go even further back. Like, let's go all the way back to the beginning, kind of thing. So, Turkey's got some really interesting things for that mm-hmm. and uh, culture that. I- and it would. It would be a good cup of coffee. It like, would be there's some no awesome denying. coffee. Oh, and I would totally go to Italy, yeah, too. Like, I'd hope, like, 
three days in Italy on Ooh. my way to Turkey, you know? Ooh, good layover spot. That's a good layover spot. <laughs> hey, yeah. I like it. I did have, technically have a layover in Turkey, in Italy once, in Rome. Mm. But it was only for a couple hours, so we never yeah, left the airport. So you can't leave there. I can't really count it. Tragic. But I did have to go through customs. So did I technically yeah. go to Italy? Yeah. If you have to go through customs? Yeah. Because I, I had issue going through customs. Ooh. That for whatever, I couldn't hear the man. Mm. The, the sound hole for hearing the person was like at my shoulders mm. because never mind I'm not gonna make the joke because short people short people <laughs> apparently Italians kind of short sorry sorry if you're Italian sorry if you're an Italian who's not short but man that was like who made this <laughs> I'm not even that tall anyways but I couldn't hear the man so I have to, he's asking me a question and I'm like I can't hear you and I had to ask him to repeat himself three times before I understood what he was mm. saying and by that time he was mad so understandable then he just like drilled me with questions my team is like leaving and they're looking back like is the Canadian okay like shoot what did she do <laughs> she the Canadian the little, was not okay she made the little Italian man angry <laughs> she'll never survive like, <laughs> kidding me that's uh, legit honestly Canadians just bumble around airports it's so funny you can always spot a Canadian my dad doesn't tall I'm... and plaid and my dad knows exactly what he's doing in an airport. Yeah. He has it down to a science. He's not a very good Canadian then. Yeah, no, he's just a very experienced traveler. He's been doing it Fair since enough. he was five. It's, it's a bit much to generalize the yeah. entire nation that way. Yeah. But I'm going to stick I mean, my, my dad, dad was here. traveling alone when he was five years old, so... Oh my goodness, yeah. poor man. He, he knows what's up. Okay. Okay, so, yeah. on a much more serious note, um, we decided to talk about our podcast. It was made clear to me this summer... That by my sister, who doesn't sugarcoat anything, that our name makes no sense. And she doesn't know why we named it that. Because we don't talk about allegories or why anything is not an allegory or anything of value. Really, we just make the joke in class a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about it. So we decided to explain, A, why we started this podcast, because it's no longer really a joke. Um... And B, now that we've got enough of a following, we'll tell you guys why we're here. <laughs> yeah. And B, just like explain, um, we're going to go everywhere. We're going to talk about the name. We're going to talk about why it's important to us. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the gospel a whole ton. Heck yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, without further ado. First off, an example. Yes. Of an allegory. Yes. This coffee before me is a beautiful picture of the gospel. <laughs> she can't even say with a straight I face. I can't, because... Travis, please don't fail me for this. Please don't. This is not quite satire, but it's... Okay, just let it unfold, okay? okay? Coffee beans mm -hmm. are roasted, which is a picture of judgment, or of impending judgment, of, of oncoming fire, the day of the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So they are roasted, much like we are made aware of our own impending judgment and doom if we live in sin, continue to live in sin. It is then crushed or grounded, whatever whatever term. Ground? Ground, thank you. It's early in the morning. Ground, much like our Lord and Savior was crushed for our iniquities. So it's crushed. And then, and also we have to be brought, brought low, right? Mm -hmm. Once we are aware of our judgment, we are... I guess it crushed in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face so badly. <laughs> it is then 
water, hot water is then poured over it, which is, water is often a picture of sanctification in, mm-hmm. throughout the scriptures, of, of cleansing, right? And the water is hot. It, it's going to burn Purify. away any of the impurities and it will wash away any of the roasting. <laughs> That's not how coffee works. The judgment. The judgment's washed away because we've looked to the one who was crushed. And then the drinker of said coffee, the one who looks at the one who was crushed for our iniquities and believes and takes it into them, is then revitalized and given life, much like this drug of caffeine <laughs> goes into our bodies and gives life. I'm sorry, Travis. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Man, I had to, I had to explain it. <laughs> he said we'd, he'd fail us. Oh man, if we thus, I'm not done. Coffee is the holiest drink of the Oh my goodness. <laughs> and should be used in communion in place of wine. That's a joke, by the way. Don't take, don't quote me on that, please. Don't get me in trouble with my theology prof. He said yeah. he'd fail me if I use coffee in communion in place of wine. Um, oh my word. But, Am I wrong? <laughs> For my own safety and the uh, no, impending. Yeah, you gotta hold on. <laughs> you gotta stick with me here. In light of the impending theology exam that is going to determine my you grade. Mean the impending judgment, <laughs> like being roasted like a bean? Yes, in light of the impending judgment, being roasted like a bean. Uh, I, I can see it. I can see it. I can yeah. see it. But... It's not that much of a stretch. It's not. It's. The holiest drink of them all. The holy just that was that was what did it. Maybe. That's a joke though. Okay. I just huh. I had to enlighten you all because now you'll never look at coffee the same way. Every time you make your cup of coffee, you're gonna think, hmm, gospel's pretty cool. You're welcome. <laughs> so back to like what we were actually gonna talk about today. There we go. Well, um, that's a perfect segue. I mean it is a good segue. Because that was an allegory. It was for an allegory. The gospel. So Pam. Yeah. Um, what are we talking about? So, first off, let's explain why we started this podcast. It started as a joke, first off. I went yeah. into Erin's room at 1am telling her I wanted to write a book, and then we were talking and bouncing off each other, and then it turned into, we should start a podcast. <laughs> and then we did, because it seemed like a great idea at 2am. So... And a few people had like sat in and listened to us just rant and rave to each other. And mm-hmm. we're funny, and we have a natural dynamic together. So people are like, man, you guys should start a podcast. This is great. And we're just like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. Like, for, for it happened a couple times. Yeah, it happened a and few times. And both times, we're just like, that's ridiculous. Why would we ever, only lame people start podcasts. Yeah. Only, like, people with nothing to say actually start podcasts. And uh, here we are. Here we are. And you, we'll let you be the judge. Yeah. Whether or not they were right or not. So, yeah. That's, that's kind of the that's joke that... It wasn't supposed to be serious, and then we started recording and posting, and there was, like, 80 listens, and then at one point there was, like, 117 listens, and I was just like, um... Who are these people with what so is much going time on? on their hands? Why? <laughs> Why listen to two idiots talk about random, random stuff? stuff? I mean, good stuff. We try we try and keep it centered around scripture and, and be edifying. Yep. But, yeah... What are you guys doing with your lives? Like, I'm sorry, but you gotta reevaluate some things if you're listening to this right now. Um, if you've made it this yeah. far, you know, if the coffee thing didn't scare you away. True. Um, but in a more serious side, like, we want, we're both in college right now. We're both actually, right now, we're going through some pretty crazy exams um, that we're Which grateful we should be studying for, for, by the way. But we're here, uh, yep. so not studying. It's not studying. <laughs> um, and we, we just really wanted a light-hearted way to share what we're learning, mm-hmm. process, 
um, hopefully encourage other people yeah. and, you know, entertain because That's we're, we're, here for. we're entertaining people. We really are. We really we're are. hilarious. Um, the name <laughs> was chosen because we're both nerds, like you wouldn't believe. I am not a nerd. <laughs> I can't even. I've never lied about a thing in my life. I've never been nerdy about anything, ever. Um, ever. Specifically, though, we're nerdy about J.R.R. Tolkien mm-hmm. and C.S. Lewis, and we, we love them. And other theologians. And other theologians and non-theologians. Yeah. I love Ted Decker. Literary nerds, really. Literary nerds. I really love books. Yeah. I have a lot of books. But as much as we love them, we also love their absolute disdain for the word allegory. I think it's hilarious. I think it's the best. And so a significant amount of our jokes are just poking fun at them and how they insist yeah. that things were not allegories. And right. we're just sitting there like, um, yeah. It's it's definitely an allegory, but go off. You know, it's it's it's, a, it's funny. I, C.S. Lewis also said he wasn't a theologian. Mm-hmm. He said yeah. he was a layman, just yeah. writing down. But he was such a brilliant intellectual uh-huh. that I don't even think he realized how much of a theologian he actually was just by being the one to write things down, mm-hmm. to study it, and to look into it. And anyone can be a theologian. It's not like I'd you say, have to have some title to be a theologian. I'd say anyone who's studying the scripture mm-hmm. is a theologian. Yeah. I would think from down to the child who just became saved and got their first Bible. Mm-hmm. That child is a theologian. They are studying who God is, and mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out who God is. And in a sense, pretty much everyone's trying to do that, but mm-hmm. to be technical, I guess, I think every Christian who is actively studying mm-hmm. the Word of God and trying to learn, mm-hmm. you're a theologian. Yeah. Don't sell yourself short. It's not a, it's not a small thing. I mean, God, God looks on it with so much love. Mm-hmm. You know, he's... I know we're, we're we're such idiots, honestly. Like, we know nothing. We really don't know what we're talking about at all. And yet, I firmly believe that through, this, through the scriptures, I know that God, I think he just smiles. I think he mm-hmm. loves it when we are trying to figure out who he is mm-hmm. through his word and when we're actively pursuing him. We might be totally off, but with that heart of trying to actually know who he is and trying to follow him and trying to obey him and reading the word... Trying to figure that out, I think he looks on it with a lot of love. Like like a father mm-hmm. looking at a kid, it's like, yeah, you don't know what you're doing at all. Yeah, your hammer is plastic. You're not building anything. But you're so, look at you trying to do it. It's so sweet. Yeah. Anyways, that's a tangent. Um, and the the reason the term back on track, hmm. because I'm the back to allegories, um, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, all allegories in our mind, for the most part, um will point to the gospel, or at least gospel themes. And mm-hmm. that's our goal here. We want to be able to sh- just talk about things that we see in life, whether it be art or music or classes or things we're learning. And at the end of the day, nobody can leave this podcast without saying that they haven't heard the gospel. Mm. And that's our goal. Um, so, and the name, it's... The name's, it's not an allegory, but it should be really, like, the full line, I guess, is it's not an allegory, it's life, or it's not just an allegory, yeah. it's our life. And it's, it's not an allegory so that you can just say it's only mm-hmm. allegorical and therefore means nothing. Yeah. It's not an alle- it's not just an allegory, meaning that it's pointing to something deeper and you actually have to evaluate yourself. It's not just a cute story. No. You know, that's, that's. That would be the full mm-hmm. sentence, you know? There's actually a point that's important. Mm-hmm. Just the way a painter doesn't... Well, a good painter doesn't just leave an empty canvas. They paint something 
and it's supposed to mean something deeper. There's a reason that a painter paints what they paint mm -hmm. every single time. Ah, good painters. Paintings is probably too broad a word now, considering what abstract art has done to the art I world. I love abstract art. I know you do. That's why I'm throwing out that hot take right there. But in general, in general, you paint what's important to you, and there's a reason for it. There will always be something mm -hmm. deeper behind it, right? Yeah, and so, like, when we're talking about things like art or how art points to Christ, or, like, this isn't just something that is allegorical to us. This is something that is, it's truth, and it's something we're excited about. Yeah. It's something that has completely shifted our lives and changed us. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, like someone told me this summer um, that the gospel is nothing more than an allegory. And we'll get back to that in a bit, but, like... This is not just an allegory to us. Yeah. This is this is our life. So saying it's not an allegory is usually sarcastic. Mm -hmm. That was us being facetious yeah. weirdos who really aren't serious about yeah. a lot of things. But yeah. So <laughs> that's just us though. <laughs> to carry on, we decided mostly I decided because I'm an English snob and Ooh. love words so much. I decided to look up finally after for 17 the, episodes <laughs> the definition of the word allegory. And I made fun of her for it because that's like the most classic youth bastard thing it to is. do is like, what is the definition of love, everybody? Well, let me read to you from the Merriam-Webster. It's like yeah. such a cliche. I did. Continue. <laughs> um, so the definition of an allegory is a story, poem, or picture, which I think is interesting because normally when I think of an allegory, I think of just like stories, but it really can include anything. Mm -hmm. um, that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning, but not Gnosticism, by the way. Is that Gnosticism? Gnosticism? Yeah. Is that hidden meaning? Um, I can't remember. Part of it yeah. would be, but not really. We're not being Gnostics. We're no, we're not being Allegory Gnostics. doesn't mean Gnosticism. <laughs> just because there's hidden meaning doesn't mean... There's other characteristics yeah. of Gnosticism. Um, that's a different... And typically... That's a different that... podcast, Pam. Yeah, I know. We could talk about Gnosticism. Oh, that um, Typically, that meaning is a moral or political one. Um, mm. So, first off... Veiled is probably a better veiled word. Veiled is a better word. Um, so, yeah, that's what an allegory is. Um, and we would argue in this podcast that uh, the gospel is not a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to heal, have a hidden meaning. Um, typically a moral or political one. It is so much more than that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, Aaron. Yes. I'm <clears throat> going to ask you, what does it mean when we say allegories point to the gospel and gospel themes? Hmm. Well, okay, I think our lives are a lot like those little kids' books with the flaps, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it has the word on top, and they open the flap. Or the picture or whatever. And underneath is something else. Right? It's uh, Usually if it's the word on top, then there will be a picture of mm -hmm. it or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Picture on top and then the word so that they can learn more about it. Um, and I think that's a very simple definition of an allegory. <laughs> the picture is there and the meaning is behind it. Mm -hmm. Right? Picture could be mm -hmm. an actual picture picture mm -hmm. or a verbal picture that is said for you, spoken. Mm -hmm. Poetry, writing, all mm -hmm. sorts of things. A storyline kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, I think in terms of the gospel, my first thought, and it's going to sound a little disconnected, but we were put in a garden mm -hmm. with a river running through it mm -hmm. at the very beginning. Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eve. 
And that theme of gardens and rivers is just woven throughout all of the scriptures, and it ends with a city, <clears throat> which is kind mm-hmm. of like a garden in a sense, like a, a anyways, mm-hmm. instead of trees, it's buildings, what kind of deal. Um, we don't know what that city looks like yet. Can't wait to find out what that city looks like um, with a river running through it. Mm-hmm. And that's such an intentional thing. Like, how many authors wrote scriptures? Mm-hmm. Like, legit, I don't remember. How many authors? There were I lots. I can't remember either. There were lots and lots. I should remember this. Yeah. That's, we're I in Bible school. <laughs> okay. Many, many authors, and yet only one. Mm-hmm. Because God's intentions for our lives is just all throughout the scriptures. And there's these pictures mm-hmm. that if you step back and look at the whole, as, at the Bible as a whole, you see this amazing allegory mm-hmm. for who God is mm-hmm. and how much he loves us and what he did to make sure that we could be with him for eternity. So things like a garden, like if you've ever gardened, you would realize... I have not. Okay, you haven't gardened, but for our listeners, I was looking at the phone. For you people, I'm looking at you. If you've ever gardened before, you would see so many pictures of salvation and of, like, digging out the weeds. Mm -hmm. You, You have to remove the weeds so that the plant can survive. You have to be sanctified, you have to weed out the the sin in your life and put away the sinful mm-hmm. flesh so that the, the, the good parts can thrive, right? So that it doesn't get... You need, mm-hmm. you need to be watered, you need to be filled and overflowing. You need... Mm-hmm. There's so many things that any garden... Gardeners, the ones who are so primed and ready to be saved if they aren't saved already, you don't really find atheistic farmers. You know, it's just not a thing because they have to rely on God all the time. That's getting a little off, but but a little bit. There's so many pictures in our daily lives that just seem to shout out that we are in need of God, and that that would be general revelation, mm-hmm. right? Is that through the through creation, God revealed Himself because yeah. He has put His fingerprints everywhere, especially within human beings. Mm-hmm. I think often we we look at some of these things as flaws, but things like our creativity mm-hmm. and our desire to know more. And just the way mankind interacts, like, when mankind is, I guess, at their best, according mm-hmm. to the scriptures, is when you can really see the image mm-hmm. of God in them, right? The the desire to know more, and sinful, like, our sinful flesh twists and corrupts that, and it becomes the things that were meant to reflect God the most can become the most destructive and evil parts of us. And it's interesting, because it, from, I guess, pagan perspective, I guess earlier we said allegory all allegories point to mm-hmm. gospel or gospel themes and that mm-hmm. seems like a bit too broad a statement mm-hmm. yeah but here's what i would argue you especially see it in artists artists are often known as the people most broken i would argue everyone is broken and artists are just the ones who let you see it mm-hmm. and especially pagan artists and ones who don't know christ you can see the disparity and you can see the pain mm-hmm. in every single thing that they create mm-hmm. And they are speaking for mankind, essentially. Mm-hmm. I think artists are representatives of where the mm-hmm. culture is at, where people mm-hmm. are at as a whole in their mm-hmm. in their area, right? They're the voice for it, right? And you see how much they are crying out and they are in need of saving. And they're just saying, I need someone to, I, I need a God to lead me. I need someone to obey. I need someone greater than myself mm-hmm. to show, like, mm-hmm. to show me the way because I can't find it on mm-hmm. my own. And th- that's... The step one of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? With the coffee. You need mm-hmm. you need knowledge of impending judgment first. 
and you know there's judgment. Mm-hmm. We all know that there is sinful flesh, but we often try and ignore it. So if you pay attention to artists at all, um, you would definitely see the hurt and the pain mm-hmm. that sin that sin causes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it just makes me sad because I know sometimes when I'm feeling like painting something a little more sad, people just immediately assume that I'm not in a good place, mm-hmm. which is sometimes true. Maybe I'm having a rough week or month or whatever. But I don't know. I always find that in my art, I always find hope in it. Mm-hmm. Like in whatever I'm painting, there is some sort of hope and joy. I, I don't over, I don't consciously think of why I'm painting something mm-hmm. usually. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's just like, I thought that was pretty and it brought me joy, so I'm going to paint it. Like that's usually how simple it is. But that is still also a picture of the gospel because Jesus has saved me from being a despairing artist because we were talking last night and I would definitely be a nihilist if I was Mm -hmm. a pagan, which means I would, everything would be meaningless. I would Mm -hmm. have no purpose or point of doing Mm -hmm. anything. And I know I would be like that if I wasn't saved. But so then you can see in my art that there's, it just, it brought me joy. Yeah. And it's because of the spirit of the Lord and nothing else. I don't make joy for myself. Absolutely not. I wouldn't know what joy was if I didn't have the spirit indwelling in me. So definitely, like, that's always going to be a picture of the gospel. And so to bring it to allegories, I guess I'm equating allegory with what artists create. But yeah, the pictures and the allegories and the, the stories that we tell are going to tell where we're at in terms of being saved. Yep. Or not being saved. Yes. That's the cases so often. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I can't really... I've ended my rant. I, I rarely... Anyways. In an almost succinct manner. Almost succinctly. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Pam, I've talked a lot about the pagan side, mm-hmm. but how does allegorical expression change from a cry for salvation to a gospel proclamation? You know it's a good question when it rhymes. <laughs> so. First off, Calvinism and a cry for salvation. We'll just leave it there. Calvinism? Yeah. There's no, there's, you can't cry out for salvation unless you've been (laughs) regenerated. But I don't really feel like this is a Calvinism podcast. So, yeah. Um, And also, I love the question because I'm Baptist and rhyming makes me happy. So, there's that. Um, So, it's interesting also, normally I'm the one who's talking about paganism and you're the one who's talking about salvation. And we just flipped that. So, I'm excited. This is cool. Um... I think one of the big... Well, I thought since you're closer to uh, the switch from paganism yeah, to Christianity... I, I am a little closer Mine was, to like, well over a decade ago. Yeah, mine Yours was... was within the last five years. Yeah. Um, so. Almost five years to the date, actually. Or oh. almost four years. Four years, right? Four years to the date, I believe. Yep. Nice. Yeah. So we we're going celebrate to... that date. I, I probably will. Your birthday. Today is Pam's birthday, by the way. Like, her actual birthday birthday. But we'll... But, but my, who cares about that? That's just the birth of your my flesh. My spiritual birthday, but your spiritual birthday, birthday is it's, way more it's exciting. It's the 28th. Well, I'd rather so, celebrate your spiritual birthday. Uh, yeah, it's we'll do both. a little more exciting. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think the thing that um, really differentiates allegories in my mind, and I was thinking about, you know, just allegories in script, uh, that Christians make versus allegories that uh, people who are not saved make, it becomes... A change in knowing simply that the world is broken and everything around you is broken to knowing why. Mm. And then having hope after that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, 
I think that's that's it because everybody can look at the world right now. Good grief. Everybody can look at the world right now and say it's broken. And everybody is willing to look at some allegory for that. You know, we we have superheroes, we have fantasy lands, we have dystopian books, we have you know pictures of salvation all everywhere. kinds of pictures of salvation and everybody mm. wants salvation in yeah. quotes you know <laughs> we're we're being a little broad with that yeah um everybody wants something better everybody mm-hmm. wants some form of salvation from mm-hmm. the time we're in whether it be you know they think that's going to be coming in the form of the government or that's going to come in form of, you know, just growing and getting more intelligence. Brought up the government. You I said know. you would never do that. I know. <laughs> or it's going to come in from the form of just, like, growing your mind and learning or who knows what else. If make think of that form of salvation. Or Captain America, for that matter, mm-hmm. you know. Um, whereas when we're Christians, we... We can see that the world is broken, but we know why the world is broken. It's not just because there's bad people in the world. It's because we have a sin nature, and we can understand that. And in addition to that, we also have hope after that because we know that there's a sin nature, but we also know that there's a salvation from that sin nature. And so it gives us a way to exclaim and proclaim truth, um, which is what we're called to do. We're supposed to proclaim truth. We're supposed to tell allegories. We're supposed to be showing pictures of a regenerated and changed life Mm. that is beyond just hoping for salvation like and just kind of empty emptily thinking about oh it would be nice if we had some sort of relief from this pain it's like no we have salvation Mm -hmm. we have a permanent salvation um, that comes in the form of Christ, and we're supposed to proclaim the truth in the form of just blatantly explaining the truth. But we also, I think, have an opportunity that we can paint pictures and we can show people what that's like mm-hmm. in art, because art is definitely a language that is different and storytelling, and you know, like I just think. I'm thinking superheroes right now. Maybe I need to watch a superhero movie. I'm thinking, like, we have so much more than that mm-hmm. that we can give. And so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with that question. Just, like, I don't know. It, I'm just thinking about my art from changing from when I was an agnostic to when I became a Christian. And it became a lot of me... It went from me crying out and saying, this world is broken, why can't we get better, to this world is broken, but God is better. Mm. That's good. Thank you. Put that on a t-shirt. I'm proud. I like that. That just fell out, and I'm just sitting there like, wow. That's cool. I'm going to, I should write that one down. (laughs) All right. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, That's good. So, in your mind. What sets the gospel apart from allegory? Because we've talked about how everything is an allegory for the gospel, but it's kind, it's kind of a, you know. Some of you are cringing because you're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's the gospel is not an allegory, but allegories can point to the gospel. Mm-hmm. There's a difference there. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not a two way street. It's not a Venn diagram. So what's what sets it apart? Well, if I may wax poetic. Absolutely wax poetic. You know that's my joy in life. <laughs> it's going to sound so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, 
but I'm gonna send it. Okay. What is a drop of water that falls from the clouds, but something that falls to the earth, is soaked in, and eventually joins a mighty river? Wow. <sighs> I'm a little disappointed. Did that myself. feel good? No. It <laughs> uh, really, okay, what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yes, explain. I should explain this a little better. <laughs> is that, and I've kind of touched on this with general revelation, but uh, God has woven character mm-hmm. and nature of himself throughout all of his creation um it very intentionally mm-hmm. it was not without thought mm-hmm. uh even though it seems so thoughtless that god merely spoke into mm-hmm. spoke and creation came into existence and he did not have to lift a finger he did not have to he, he doesn't get tired i know he rested on the seventh day that's a different subject but like he is so powerful that he spoke and Everything you see around you came into existence or became possible. There is nothing new under the sun, and we may try and tell new stories, but it will always come back to something in relation Mm -hmm. to the ultimate Mm -hmm. story and the deepest and sweetest story that has ever been put into motion since God said, let there be light. And any time that someone tries to go against that, like, you know, people actively realize, oh, the hero always wins at the end. No, duh, Jesus wins. We know he wins. Anytime they try and go against that, where they, like, try and leave it so it's unsatisfying, everyone hates it or they love it ironically kind of thing, you know? You love it for the creativity of it, where it's like, no, the villain wasn't supposed to win. Your movies like The Golden Compass. The Golden Compass was an active and intentional taking of the story of salvation through Jesus Christ and an allegory mm-hmm. for that, written through Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, twisting it to make the devil win, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's something that just doesn't sit right mm-hmm. and if you like it it's because you're someone like Pam who's very artistic and is and appreciates the the creativity but even then it's still taking the original it still story hurts. I, just, I don't it like it I, I like it <laughs> <laughs> it's still taking the original story and twisting it Yeah. which by the way that's what the devil does so if you're an artist or someone who likes to write like that you might want to reevaluate yourself a little bit oh, or man. if you really love Golden Compass then you might want I to figure out your life not, a bit I did not come here to get called out like that I'm <laughs> sorry but you did that was aggressive. Um, you can't escape it no. you know it's just it's it's always going to be there and we are such finite humans we're I so mean, foolish and we're attempting to encapsulate yeah. the greatest story and we put it into whatever medium mm-hmm. that we are inclined to you know and even like the artist, sorry, I wasn't going to interrupt That's you, okay. but even the artist's desire to switch it and flip it like that, Ugh. like, that is a direct response to the gospel. It is. And it's it's an active hardening of the heart. Like, the, mm-hmm. the author of The Golden Compass knew that the Lord of the Rings was an allegory for the gospel right. and hated that. Mm-hmm. And Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Or, yeah. Yeah. Lion, the Witch, and the yeah. Wardrobe. Anyway, hated that it was a Christian allegory and wanted an allegory that was not Christian. And the only way to do that is to, to make, take the Christian story and twist it and make the villain win. Yeah. Like it's that really is so obvious. It's a direct response to yeah. the gospel. And we didn't come here to too. talk about golden compass, no. but it is just an example yeah. of what happens all over the place. Right. Yeah. And you can, the art that sits, that doesn't sit well with people mm-hmm. is usually one that's an active defiance of the real story. Right. Uh, to mm-hmm. kind of get really abstract. Also, I don't know a single person who liked the Golden Compass. Exactly. It just doesn't sit right. Yeah. It feels wrong. Um, anyone who has a conscience, <laughs> it's going to sit wrong with mm-hmm. 
or if they haven't seared mm-hmm. their consciences. Uh, the spiritual world, mm-hmm. if I may be abstract, try and wrap our minds around this a little bit, which we can't, but the spiritual world is more real mm-hmm. than this world. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. I can't imagine it. Very abstract thought. These are mm-hmm. the things I think about as I'm falling asleep at night. But with that in mind, we know that that spiritual battle is more real. Mm-hmm. And it's one that we should actively be praying against mm-hmm. because we know that that is always taking place. Mm-hmm. It should not frighten us because we are on the side of the one who wins. We know who wins. We know the end of the story. But we write down and we draw and we paint and we laugh and we tell stories. We dream and we create and all the other Disney film tropes in a feeble attempt to grasp that I want to, it feels weird to say spirituality. That sounds very mm-hmm. new agey, but to grasp at that story, mm-hmm. the story of the God of the universe. Yeah. If, if I may go be so bold as to say that that is really what all allegories will end up being is mm-hmm. in that sense, trying to make sense of the yeah. spiritual world because we all sense it. We really mm-hmm. do. And I mean, coming from the intellectual era, like the, I'd say it kind of started with the first Chicago fair thing when like that, um, that concept of oneism that we've talked about before and that new aginess started to pervade our culture and now our culture is full blown neo-paganism and we have re-embraced spirituality before it was intellectualism. And we kind of put aside spirituality and just thought, well, everything can be thought out, which I'm a logical person. I can kind of resonate with that a little bit, that modernity, but I also think it's wrong (laughs) because we're spiritual beings. And our intellect only goes so far. Our brains are finite. We we cannot grasp much. But our spirituality can... Mm-hmm. It seems so weird to say spirituality. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, it's not. I'm not trying to sound like a pagan. I'm not trying to sound like I embrace the... Everything is spiritual in mm-hmm. that sense. But in a sense, everything is spiritual. Am I making any sense anymore? A little bit. A little bit? A little kay. bit. Mostly because I'm used God to God made us spiritual beings. That's probably what yes. I'm trying to say. Yes. And he is spiritual. He is spirit, mm-hmm. right? And he guides us. Mm-hmm. It, it's not something that if you if you overthink it, you might spiral a little bit. Uh, I'm trying to leave with a better takeaway than just everything is spiritual because it just sounds like new age rubbish. I do. <laughs> and it hurts me a little bit. Yeah. But the God of the universe loves you. Mm-hmm. He created you in his image. Mm-hmm. In, in that, one part of doing that is that we are creative beings. Mm-hmm. That's, I'd say, yeah. my favorite one of being yeah. in the image of God is that we're creative. You will never tell a new story. Don't try to tell a new story. Tell the greatest story, the story of the gospel. Amen. And I I think one other key thing that sets the gospel apart, which we kind of strategically let, let Aaron let me touch on, um, is that it genuinely changes people. Mm. No story, as much as you love it, is going to change people. I loved Lord of the Rings enough to learn Elvish as a kid. Oh, it did not make me an elf. You nerd. I know. I know. <laughs> it did I still, not make me an elf. It, it didn't make me an elf. It didn't. As much as I desired to be an elf, although really I would have been a dwarf if I was in the Lord of the Rings You're short. world. Yeah. There's more to it than that. <laughs> they have sharp knives. <laughs> so do the elves. I mean, yes. But what would I be? Sorry. Alexis. Would I be a hobbit? Please tell me I'd be a hobbit. My first thought was orc. <laughs> You jerk. <laughs> no, I feel like you'd be in this, like, Rohirrim. Oh. 
That so I'm a man of Rohan. I mean, if there was a girl, Eowyn. 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 Eowyn specifically. Her name is even close to mine. It's yeah. just my name with a speech. Actually, let's on it. be real. I would have been a hobbit in its purest, purest form. I read You'd books. Be a took. I'd be a took. You would be a took. I would be a took. I'd be okay with being a hobbit as well, but I'd probably be a brandy buck. You would be. I feel like the brandy buck is like the Scotland of. And the took so Irish. For <laughs> <laughs> real though. Yeah. That derailed fast. Anyway, as much as I wanted to Remember be a hobbit or an elf. when we said we weren't nerds? Yeah. <laughs> as much as I wanted to be a hobbit or an elf, no love of Lord of the Rings could do that. However, there is, like, I was just talking about this with some friends, and there is a distinct change from when I became a Christian till now. A, like a oh. night and day difference. There's, like, the old Pam is dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And this is what's in its place. Praise the Lord Amen. for his sanctifying work in my life. Um, that doesn't come from an allegory. That doesn't come from a story. Yeah. That comes from a life-changing truth it's of deeper. God making man in his own image, man falling, mm. Christ coming to earth in the form of a man without sin, um, living a perfect life, and then dying and raise, raising himself from the dead. Mm. And then... That being spread to the world mm-hmm. through the gospel, like, and then three thousand years later, or six, or two thousand years later, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm living in the future, just so everybody knows. Two thousand years <laughs> She's later, a time traveler. Yeah, <clears throat> she just comes back on weekends to do podcasts. With I me. do. Just so you know, just so you know, there's flying cars like ten years from now. Sweet. Yeah. Always wanted a flying um, car. <laughs> but yeah, like. I know. <laughs> but, like, the fact that that truth can impact us 2,000 years later and completely mm. shift me from being someone who is spiritually dead, bankrupt, evil in its purest form, like, I, to someone who is living in the light of the gospel. Like, mm. you know, when, when my friend said this is, this is just an allegory. Like, what's it an allegory for, first off? Like, It's the little flaps in the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The gospel is not pointing to something deeper. The gospel is deeper, and everything around us is pointing out and screaming for us to understand Mm -hmm. and accept it. And, yeah, like, you and I are completely, like, different from who we used to be. We're completely set apart. Mm. That's something. Like, something that no story, no allegory can do. Mm-hmm. That That's what makes the gospel so different mm-hmm. from even other religions, other, other stories, other history aspects. Like, we're, it changed our lives. Yeah. An artist that is crying out, and mm-hmm. you can tell they're crying out from their art, mm-hmm. um, is not, that's only part. Mm-hmm. Step one is is realizing you're in need, but to quote comps, like, because of Adam's disobedience, mm-hmm. man is dead in their trespasses and sin mm-hmm. and is incapable of turning to God mm-hmm. apart from God's grace. Mm-hmm. And God's grace to us is shown in so many grace yeah. upon grace, like the surpassing riches of his grace. To quote, how many times does the book of Ephesians talk about grace? A million and one. For good reason, 
because there's so many facets yeah. to it. The, the manifold riches of his grace. It means that there's multiple facets, different ways that it shows mm -hmm. to us. And when one of those ways is in story and in story that can, in the same way that God, the God of the universe, the one who is all powerful, all knowing, became man, mm -hmm. like, and, and deigned to dwell in mortal flesh. Yeah. In the same way God, the surpassing riches of his grace, mm -hmm. can be told in story. Amen. And can be painted on a canvas. It's the same concept. Mm -hmm. He lets it, he lets his, he lets the story of his gospel dwell on your pages and on my canvases. Like, what that, is, that is not the right form to portray his gospel. His gospel is so great and glorious. And he lets it dwell on our mm -hmm. stupid notes and come off of our stupid lips. Into the stupid podcast. Into the stupid podcast. <laughs> wow. You guys should see the amount of expression in Erin's face. Like, she really should n not neglect art, like visual art, but really just consider the drama aspect of art. I feel like she would thrive in that. Just a little bit. I'm yeah. not dramatic at all. No, never but been dramatic at I all. I hope that puts into perspective that it should not stop you from <laughs> being creative, that you yeah. think that you have no talent, because it is just another facet of God's yeah. grace in In fact, your life. it should do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. I hope that you come out of this and you want to write allegories and you want to proclaim the Tell gospel. Tell some stories, please. Please do. And send them to us, because we want that. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> Tell us your so allegories. <laughs> you know how happy that would make me? <laughs> I know, right? We, we love hearing from you. Anyway, I think that brings our podcast today to a close. A good close. That, that makes me so happy. We're so happy to be back. You should have seen us last night. We were beaming in between Erin dramatically throwing herself on the floor because hey. she's tired. No, my back hurt. I mean that too. I like mine more. because I'm old. It's because she's old. But old. yeah, thank you for listening in. We look forward to another year of this podcast. <gasps> we have some pretty amazing things planned yes, so we far. Do. So We do? Yes, we do. You, oh, good. Yes. Got, at least someone's got a plan. I've got a plan. Sam's got a plan. I've got highlighted notes and everything. I don't have a plan. Aaron does not I have just, a plan. I'm just here. Yeah. So, with that, be blessed in the most chaotic way possible. And enjoy your coffee. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.